Keys just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for us. Yep. Boys, it's the most wonderful time of the year, and it is not Christmas, obviously. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Back for another episode, just dishing it. This is the 59th edition of the show, and um, gentlemen, it is playoff season. Tudor's in the Penguins gear. Me and Derek don't have a team to root for, shocking. Um, it's <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. The Sabres did awesome to close out the year. The writing was on the wall, no matter what. Uh, but next Vegas year, gave us a nice free pick. Yeah, we love that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just kind of want to maximize our time here so we can all enjoy the evening of nonstop hockey. But I mean, let's, let's jump right into it here. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday, the third in the evening, just before puck drops tonight, uh, the game number ones on the rest of the series. Um, I think we should start with John Tudor. His team will be playing tonight. Everyone can hear this on the eve of their next game. Hopefully, uh, Tudor, what are you expect? We touched in on it a little bit, um, you know, at the beginning of the last show, very little bit, but, uh, we got more time here, obviously, no guests. So I want to get your take, what you're thinking, expectations, what worries you, what excites you start with the Penguins and the Rangers series. Cause I think this is one of the, maybe one of the tighter, um, yeah. more tightly contested ones. I think a lot of people are pretty hung up on how this series is going to go. Yeah, this is, uh, it's going to be a fun one. I, I think, I think it's going to, it's going to be a tough series for sure, but I'm excited about it. I think, uh, I was listening to actually uh, American Friedman talk on on their podcast, Thirty Two Thoughts, and they were talking about how you know they hate when people complain about big matchups in the first round because you know that's good hockey, and I I think this is going to be exactly that. It's couple couple of the heavyweights from the regular season this year going at it. I mean. You know, my my heart definitely. You know what way I'm picking. I uh, I was saying pens and seven, uh, but they're gonna have to play unbelievable to go there. Um, Jari's out for at least the first two games, which kind of worries me. So Casey DeSmith, he shows flashes, right? He's not a bad goaltender. He shows flashes of being a legit NHL um, goalie. And some nights I look at it and think he could be a number one. But other nights, not so much. And you're going up against Shesterkin, who's, you know, without a doubt in my mind, the Vezina winner this year. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be tough. I think the one thing the Penguins do have going for them, they've got guys that have been there and done that before, right? They know, yeah. they know exactly what they have to do and how they have to play, right? So, um, and quite frankly, when you look at Gino, Sid, and Latang, I think all of them know that there's a possibility this is their last run together. So maybe that gives them a little bit of a spark to do something special, make a little bit of a run here. But you know, I'm going pens and seven. I think this is going to be wow a heavy. I think it's going to be a slugfest of a series. Oh, it's going to be fun. God. I mean, he's picking uh, the pens in seven. You're going to win game seven in the Garden. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's, what, that's what I'm thinking. Plus. 
I think game seven in the garden. I think, you know what? You know what I want to see so bad? I want to see game seven in the garden. And I want to see an absolute heartbreaker for the Rangers. All right. I want to see this. Be, I want to see this game like game seven in overtime. And then just give me give me a nice little goal from from Sid. Just come. Are you down, thinking you know? are you thinking like uh, Boston, Toronto? Went, what year was that where they had that collapse in the third period? Mm-hmm. Of yep. Was that game seven? Mm-hmm. Am I remembering that right? They were up like three to one. 2018, Boston. I think. 2018. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so, boy. But yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. The goalie matchup is really the only thing that scares me because I think the Rangers do give up a lot of chances. Uh, and the Penguins have the players up front that can take advantage, especially in those big moments. I mean, adding Ricard Raquel, like that's huge going into the playoffs. Um, you know, some of their depth scorers have been have been playing pretty well. So I think really it just comes down to how good is Shesterkin. This Rangers team is a legit contender, but they're only going as far as Shesterkin takes them because they don't score that many goals five on five. A high percentage of their goals, and I, I don't know what it was of their total goals this year, but they were one of the teams in the league, I think number one or number two with the highest percentage of their goals being on the power play. So if the Pens can stay a little bit disciplined and stay out of the box, the Rangers five on five don't scare me as much as, you know, I think people would look at with their record. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about even just a guy like Chris Kreider, how many power play goals did he have alone this year? How I many mean, goals did Chris Kreider have that were outside of the blue paint? <laughs> Two out yeah, of 50? Like, yeah. Oh, that's right. Know. He scored 50, didn't he? Yeah, like yeah, 45 I, on the power play. I mean, play, hats maybe. off to him. He's never even sniffed 30 before. I mean, what do you have, 28, oh, 28 I mean, maybe, but like but before. But he still put in 50 in the show. Yeah, I no, mean, he potted, he potted 50, 50 but, this yeah. year. And I mean, hats off to him, but I think it's just one of those things where, yeah, they score a ton of goals on the power play. But, you know, in playoff hockey, if they decide to let the boys play a little bit, you know, if you're not if you're not getting as many power plays as you got in the regular season, can you score five on five? See, that was another thing I was going to bring up. The officiating yesterday, my God, I don't know what you guys were thinking if you noticed any of that, but some of those games, they're all blending together for me. There were some where there there was an interference or a, a holding penalty in the Toronto Tampa game against the Maple Leafs. And for me to say an atrocious call that went against the Maple Leafs, you know, it's pretty bad. There was, I forget which guy it was on, but I was like, Jesus. And at that time, I think they were still up two nothing, but I was just, even with that, it was just like, man. So I don't know if the league, maybe you're going to see, but there was a lot where, yes, it was playoff hockey, but there was a lot of penalties where I'm like, this isn't the regular season anymore. I don't know. Like, like I understand the interference, you know, the Clifford getting tossed in the Toronto game for that dumbass hit. Like, I get he's trying to send a message, and that was fucking stupid. Um, I mean, how, we've, we've how, Tampa didn't, how Tampa didn't score on that power play. I mean, that was kind of where it started to go really wrong for them. But what were you saying, Toots? Yeah, we've talked about this before, but I love going to – the comment section because that Clifford hit dumbass play. But immediately I went to the comments on Twitter on like the highlights and the oh, are they saying arrest that, them? The fact no, the fact that 
that many people were in the comments saying, like, legitimately trying to make an argument that that was a clean play and should maybe be two minutes at worst just blew my mind. How many of those people are just trolling, though? It's like some, of, of, some of them are, but yeah. I, think there, I think there's like this contingent out there where, you know, I think we all love. I mean, old time hockey has different definitions of different people, right? Like to our generation, old time hockey is like early 2000s, like Scott Stevens shit. You know, mm-hmm. it's not quite like the, you know, Philadelphia Flyers, Broad Street Bullies back in the day, but hard nosed hockey still. And to me, like, that's not even, it's, that's not even that, right? Because it was no, the puck was long gone completely unnecessary not even near the play like what are you doing i i don't know like and then the other the other one i kind of wanted to ask you guys about was was it spurgeon on uh minnesota yeah the the, the cross check to the ankles was that buchnevich yeah on buchnevich but he got fined 5k that got um so, yeah, yeah, I think that was just that was some dirty, some dirty shit. You don't there. see that. Yeah, that's just one of those ones where I give. You know, he was. It was addressed by the league. Yep. I didn't see though. Was that a called penalty? Um. No. Okay, so it wasn't a called penalty. I don't they, think so. They, I don't. I don't think it was either. They 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 address it. They find him. You don't see stuff like that from Jared Spurgeon. No, it's no. All, it, it, I it pass. Like yeah. it's the playoffs. You guys are getting pumped at home. Like, which I thought was very surprising you know, because yeah, they were such a they were rolling such a hot streak at home. Like they were like the team to like you know be at home. Um, and they got absolutely pumped. I mean, that was that was a tough game for them for sure. And that yeah. was I, – I thought the Blues were going to be same situation like you were saying, Tudor. Like, you know, you have a bunch of late runs, you know, and, you know, with I mean, the, the Lightning going late, you know, it's 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 tough. It's a lot of hockey, and you can only have so many runs before it all falls apart. But and I guess they proved us wrong there. I think, too, with the – I think there's a fine line, right? Like we were talking about before we hopped on here, like – when you have back-to-back Stanley Cup final runs, regardless of whether you win or lose it, um, that's just so much hockey. And yeah, it's another it, does season. Ca- it does catch up to you. But on on top of that, there's also the piece of it with the Blues where it's kind of like what I was saying with the Pens earlier, where that team, a lot of those guys and a lot of their core, they've been there and done that, right? Like they've been through it and they know, I mean, they went from last place in the league in 2018 at new year's day to winning the Stanley cup. Like that team knows how to make runs at the end of the season when you have to. And I think a lot of these teams, right? Like, like Edmonton, Edmonton. I mean, Mike Smith, what the fuck are you doing, buddy? Um, (laughs) You know, tossing a pizza up the middle. Um, But yeah, not good. You, know, you see, you see some of those type of teams, or even like the Maple Leafs, unless they get over the hump this year, who are unbelievable teams for the majority of the season and always get to the playoffs. It seems like in recent years, but then don't win shit when they get there because now all of a sudden you can't rely on scoring six goals a night. Yeah, I think certainly tighten up in the playoffs, right? Like a lot of unders hit yesterday. I think all but. Eh, maybe two of them uh, did, but like uh, again, I don't remember the lines. I haven't, I haven't really been. 
yeah. Kings and Edmonton game hit the over. Yeah, I'm. I'm guessing the. Uh, I'm guessing the. Uh, the Boston Carolina did too, even because it was like a five-one pumping. Uh, I don't know. They might have been a push, or if it was six and a half, they might have lost. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what it like. I picked Carolina in that series. But I took Carolina in that one. I think well. a lot of people were leaning Boston as like that could be the one to to kind of be an upset there. I picked Boston, and my uh, my me and Derek. Uh, Derek, did you end up tailing that bet that I did with the series winners? Did you actually tail it? Um, no, I did not actually. Actually, let me see. I did one, but let me see. Uh no, I took Carolina. Ah, see, so he, he he pulled the switch up on me, but I, I uh, took all I took all favorites honestly. And I, I, see, I, I know I it's can't. I know it's tough. It's tough, and I know it's probably not going to hit, but I, it's hard to bet against it. And it looks like I'm going to lose that one with. Uh, I mean, but everyone there were like the lightning and. Uh, Lightning and Toronto were both uh, minus odds, and so were uh, Boston and Carolina as well. Like yeah. one, minus one fifteen, and the other was like minus one hundred five uh, for both of those game for both of those series. So, yep, toss up basically v- via Vegas. Right. So I looked at it. Um, let me pull up. Uh, cause I'm, uh, Pens were at a plus one Oh five. I'm a jackass. So for the listeners, I did a series winner parlay. I picked Florida, Boston, St. Louis, Tampa, Calgary, Edmonton, Colorado, 25 to win seven fifty. So that was the series bet I put in for the first round. Didn't touch the penguins ranger series. You're welcome. John Tudor. I had you in my heart on that one because I got, I don't know what's going to happen in that one. I did not touch it. I stayed away from it. That was the only series I didn't do. But like I was saying, though, um, I think, I, you know, Derek picking all chalk, right? Like, it makes sense. But for me, I wouldn't be able to live with myself on a future bet like that if I didn't pick, like, two upsets. Because you know there's going to be at least one. Usually yeah, there's – There's always, it feels like, a couple of them in the first round. And I mean, look, what the one year – the three years ago when the Lightning got into the first round against Columbus and Columbus swept them. Yeah, exactly. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like nobody picked Columbus in that series. No, I get that sense. I kind of, I hate to say this and I know we're kind of buzzing and bouncing around, but we're just going to try and c- touch on a little bit on each matchup. I think for this episode, that was kind of our goal. Yeah. But that brings me to this point of this Edmonton LA series. Now, oh my God! Please, please give me an LA win because I want to watch Edmonton just blow give it all up me, in the offseason. Give me a a LA Kings victory in that series. Have Connor McDavid go absolutely ballistic. He never will. He's a good guy, but he's at what point is he going to want out? Maybe we can get him back to where he was always supposed to be. Oh we got the God. picks. We got oh the prospects. God. Maybe we can have the greatest correction in the history of professional sports draft. 
I just we'll said them, it. We'll give them two. To digest two that one. Twitter. Next year, we'll give them yeah. three first. No, you'd have a better chance of getting dry cycle. Absolutely, we, they're never trading them. A I guy can dream though. I'd yeah, take dry cycle. Oh, I, I any team in the league would. I mean, yeah. I think at some point, like they're going to move him, but not. Could you imagine him. Leon Drysaddle the first time he meets Mike Harrington? <laughs> the way that guy talks to the media. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, what a fucking soundbite that interaction would be between oh, him and great. P. Hammer. I shouldn't say P. Oh. Hammer, Paul Hamilton. So, because there's a Patrick Hammer. There's an yes, anchor. There I see, I don't like that because I want to give Paul Hamilton that nickname, but. Shout out to both of you. It's a good last name. It's can easy I, to give you nicknames. Can I, just, can I give you my first round dream this year? Give it. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. My first, my first round dream, and this has nothing to do with the Penguin series. It's for the Leafs to get up 3-0 and then pull a 2004 New York Yankees and just blow a 3-0 lead. Oh, man. I, I, I don't want – I can honestly tell you Part of the the Sabres fan in me would love that, but I have such, I am such a fan of Marner and Matthews. I know, and I've always respected John Tavares, former Islander. Don't like how you sent us off. They're my, they're kind of my second team. It's no secret, you know. A little bit of animosity there, but I get it. Yeah, you know, I always knew you had a it was cute, cute, cute little, uh, cute little. Uh, you know, you had the pajamas, you had the comforter. You know, I get it. Yeah. You know, nice. I get it, but I love Austin Matthews. I, I, he is a star in this league that the league has desperately needed for years, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, but I hate the league. I you, just the team so, he plays for. I can't stand that fan base. They are the, the new. They are the New York Yankees of the NHL. Those the fans. Worst. But do you think at some point, if they kept losing in the first round, do you think Matthews would ever ask to get out? I don't know if he would ask to get out. I think he would just not resign. And they but would how end up long, trading. Didn't he sign? He signed a big ticket, though, right? Like an not really. He's. I think two, three, maybe it might be three years ago. He signed a extension for five years. I don't know if Derek, if you want to pull that up. Pull that up. Derek's right a big money guy. He's always our contract guy. But um, he yeah. signed for he signed for two more seasons after this one. So never mind. That makes sense. So uh, he you signed, know he signed through 2023 2024. Yeah. Um, so I mean for only I mean it is big I mean it is big money. And he's not what he should be making though, right? He's under 10. Be, he's at um, no his cap his cap, his cap hit, hit is 11. 11. Oh, okay. Yeah. He makes it's all signing bonuses. His base salary is 750, so base is which is the whatever base, you know, lowest amount. He makes the veteran, he makes the minimum on his base salary. Fuck, yeah, Kyle. And then he makes a signing you. bonus of 9.7 mil this year. So he is making a real nice 9.7 mil right up front. Yeah. That doesn't suck. Collecting um, 750K throughout the year. Yeah, that doesn't suck. Um, he is, yeah, he's awesome. And, you know, I want to see him succeed. I think he is going to challenge. I, I heard, I want to say it was Ryan Whitney on the Spit and Chicklets, maybe, or Bez. One of them said that he is going to challenge Patrick Kane if he can win some cups oh, to be the greatest U.S. player born no, of the no. American. So I, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for him for sure. It's just tough because he's on the goddamn Maple Leafs. That's you why know, I almost <laughs> wonder too, though, like if you're so obviously like 
the last handful of years, U.S.-born players have really been making a strong presence at the top of the league's leaderboards in goals, assists, points, awards, things like that. And it's been cool to see, right? Because it felt like when we were kids, there might be one or two Americans in the conversation, but it was mainly all Canadians and, and some Russian players in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now, not so much, but if Austin Matthews is on that trajectory, which I would agree, I think he is where he could contend for being that greatest American born player or up there with Patty Kane, at least, would you rather see him play in an American market rather than being the American guy tearing it up in Toronto? I can't stand that he's in Toronto. You know what I mean? Like I I probably sick for him, but I can't stand that he's in Toronto. It's a sick organization. If you're not someone like me who, yeah, grew up disliking them exponentially, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, I mean, I definitely would like to see that him in an American market for sure. Um, it, so, and that again, too, it brings up the same thing we're talking about in the LA Edmonton series, right? In this Toronto uh, Tampa series, like, are you, is that, you know, I don't want to say is the guard going to change because that really doesn't apply so much to Edmonton uh, LA, but, you know, Tampa's back to back, right? And you know, the Leafs have keep falling short. So, are, is this the this series? Is this the year they're going to prove it? Because, like I was saying before we started recording, I mean, what better momentum if you're a Toronto fan than if you can knock out the two time defending champs and take that momentum into the next rounds? I mean, you're going to feel that's going to have a tremendous weight lifted off, uh, you know, the the core of that team, and especially I think they already did it to some extent. The way that they won game one, they're absolutely shit-pumping the the Lightning. They looked completely disinterested. They looked tired. Um, you know, I don't – I hope it's just that they haven't flipped the switch yet because they've been there, done that. But, again, you brought Maybe up – Maybe the home crowd. Yeah, the home crowd. for sure, because they haven't had fans in that building in a playoff game in two years, I believe. So, you know, I think it was – We'll see. I the I, I, boys. The biggest game of the hockey season is tomorrow night, the Toronto Tampa game. I think I am going to hammer the Tampa Bay Lightning. I can totally, totally get that they are not going to win the cup again this year. Wouldn't be surprised if they do. But if they look anything like they did last night, you're not going to win the cup this year. There's too many they good can't teams. Come back. They I mean, can't come back game two looking like that. Yeah. No. And, and I you can't go I down two zero to a, this Toronto team. I mean, we can make all the jokes we want, right, about the the leads that they've blown. But there's, you know, they have another year under their belt, and you know, maybe it's different. You you just don't want to do it. You don't want to risk it. You can't go down too well. Yeah, I I think it's going to be tough though. For honestly, and this is obviously an East Coast bias, probably, but. I think it'd be tough for any team in the East to to win the Cup this year. I mean, they're. The East is an absolute gauntlet getting yeah. to the Stanley Cup final. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get through all these other top end teams where like if you're out if you're out west, right? Like I'm looking at it and I know they lost game one, but like Oilers Kings, that should be a fucking layup. Flames over stars that should be a layup and I get it's the playoffs and teams show up, you know, avalanche predators avalanche should roll. 
Right. No UC Soros, too, and for then, Nashville. That's, and that's what I'm saying, right? So, like, in the East, what is there a cupcake matchup? Like, I don't really know. Like, maybe Panthers-Capitals would be, like, the most lopsided one. But, like, other than that, I mean, you got Lightning-Leafs, Penguins-Rangers, and then Bruins-Hurricanes. Like, you know, yeah. teams are going to beat the shit out of each other in the first two rounds before they even get to the conference final. Yeah. True. Yeah. I mean, I the I was looking at futures and uh like conference it was like conference winner to win the cup east or west and the east was heavily favored it on that bet. So see I, I would almost look at it the opposite just because they're gonna I think whoever comes out of the east is gonna have a harder road to get there, so they're gonna be more beat up when they get to the cup final. Yeah. All right. I mean like I said, I we've we've touched a bounce around on a few different things, but that would create some serious drama though, too. It's like you were saying, if the fucking Oilers don't get through to the next round, because I mean that one, it the idea creeps back in, right? Much like it happened last year to Toronto. So I mean, let's see. I I don't know, but a great start for the Maple Leafs. That's exactly. Like two eight, I don't think Dubas and Sheldon Keefe could have drawn that up any better for a blueprint of like what would be the perfect night to have for us to get the series started. I think that was last night. You got Vasilevsky making just a play that you never see him make when he muffs that puck behind the net. I mean, you know, Steven Stamkos missing a wide open one timer on the power play. I think that would have made the game two to one, if I can remember correctly. But Kucherov, you know, looking like a little unfocused, a little distracted, you know, get, when he gets involved too much in the chippiness and gets a little heated, he starts barking at the refs, you know, so I, I think Tampa's going to have a reset here, but I, again, can't go down 2-0, so it's, it's going to be interesting tomorrow night for sure. Um, where should we head next, boys? What about, um, I mean, Boston, Carolina, that game already happened to um, Carolina looked like Carolina. I would say Boston again, kind of looks similar to Tampa little, you know, worn down, maybe a little sluggish. I don't know how much you guys watched of that game, but uh, any thoughts with that scoreline, that series as a whole. Carolina is just there. They got some firepower, man. The goaltending though. Yeah, but Ranta looked pretty good. Yeah, look, looking pretty solid. Like yes. I, they look good until they don't. It's yeah. it's tough, man. Carolina's but, but that's, won me a lot of money. And but I that's the thing. Man. Yeah, you just, <laughs> you just got to get hot at the right point. You know, if goaltending can get hot for a little bit here, you know that's what it is, right? And if you're Jack Campbell and in, in the Leafs, like that's what they have to rely on is him being hot because it's the same thing. Like you see, when he's not hot, he gets lit up. So it's. That's what the playoffs is all about. And I don't know. Yeah. Carolina's goaltending holds up. They could they could make it out of the East. I it wouldn't surprise me at all, right? It's just no. the, the surprise just again through one game, right? On the road, how Boston they didn't have it. They're very similar to Tampa. Not I wouldn't say not as bad as Tampa, but I didn't see you know, pasta, meh, just kind of invisible. The biggest one for me for that team in the playoffs is Brad Marchand pissing people off. And I didn't notice him very much at all in that game. The, the two periods that I watched. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, it, it, but that's going to be interesting. There's going to be there's so many layers to the playoffs this year where I think there is every year, but I feel like we always sit here and we say this is going to be the best year yet, but there's the the depth of some of these teams. Like, who would you say is in the playoffs that you're like, yeah, they shouldn't be here? Maybe Dallas, maybe Nashville. Outside of that, every other team. But those are still really they're good, good hockey teams. teams. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Nashville sucks that they don't have Saros for the first two games because that was how they could have gave the Avalanche trouble, right? Because yeah. what are you scared of with Colorado? They just pump in goals. If UT Saros gets hot, do we have another Montreal on our hands from last year with the Nashville Predators? Probably not, but they were they're still a better team than that Montreal team was. I'm gonna say but that if Saros Montreal, isn't in there. The Montreal thing was the biggest, like one of the biggest flukes of the NHL of all time. I'll, oh, I'll yeah. go on record on say it. They played in an absolutely weak Canadian league that they just had to base. I mean, your 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 biggest beat was beating Toronto, and then literally, you know, yeah, going on from there, and it it was it was a separated league. It literally was like, and they mm-hmm. had been playing them all season. So it wasn't like it was anything different, you know. Um, I it was a, it was a weird path to get there, and I, yeah, they got they got shit pumped, you know. I yeah. mean, it's, it was the writing was on the wall. So like, I mean, it, it it was totally evident that they didn't belong there, and it sounded it seemed like anyone from the Canadian uh, Canadian side shouldn't have belonged there if Montreal was the one that ended up coming out of that and still got destroyed. So. Yeah, totally agree. Before we go more, um, I know we touched, you know, Colorado, Nashville a little bit. I want to get to the last game that happened last night, which I think is the matchup of the first round across the board being St. Louis and Minnesota. I picked the Blues to win this series. I picked the Wild. I'm surprised. I was very surprised as well. I think that Blues showed why I picked them last night. I didn't – everyone was like, oh, you know, Huso first in the playoffs. He looked – Fucking phenomenal. That decor is rock solid. Ryan O'Reilly is the truth. Um did they have nine twenty goal scorers? That's what it, that's what it is for me because St. Louis is so balanced, right? Like they don't have you look at you look at some of the other teams in the league, you're like, okay, if we shut down one line, we're good. Dallas comes to mind when you say right, that. Exa- right, exactly. Yeah. But St. Louis, it's like you have that many 20 goal scorers. You don't know where the where the firepower is coming from on any given night. Yeah. And, and that's tough to stop. You can't just put your best defender out there against the top line and say, don't worry about anything but shutting this guy down and then win the game because they're too balanced. Yeah. Derek, any thoughts on this series as a Minnesota better? What are you looking for? <laughs> Um, I was shocked. Uh, I mean, they were hot and, you know, see, cause what I, home, I, and I, I thought that they were going to be the one, you know, they were producing. Yeah. And, um, they didn't look that bad though. They just, they, no, they took penalties. Yeah. Yeah. They, they took penalties and it, it got, it got out of hand fast and they just, I, I, it, 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 it's the same situation with the lightning. I feel like, 
it's really hard if you can if you get shut out in the first game like it's really tough to get out from that like if they shut you down in the first two periods like i don't think you're going to score a goal in the third it's real tough yeah you start to you start thinking a little different than the regular yeah yeah and the team that and it's different type of hockey like um, the team isn't, you know, that's against you, isn't going to go out there and try to get, you know, that security goal. They're just going to go into lockdown. So, like, they're yeah. not going to let you score. Um, Especially a team like, like they have no lose. problem, like, letting the, the game yeah. be, you know, 3 nothing. you know. That's exactly. I think, you know, we, we've kind of discussed it before, but, like, you know, leads in hockey are different now, right? Like, you get – that, that old saying like two old leads the worst lead in hockey like yeah that's with with a team like the blues I, I wouldn't even worry about that because their decor is solid but their forwards are so defensively responsible like i mean ryan o'reilly is a selkie candidate every single season you know yeah. just like bergeron is yeah. Um, yeah those those are the two probably best shutdown forwards in the game defensively and it's like gotta he, put philip deno in there he didn't know too yeah he did a great job game one, but um, oh, yeah, yeah. it's just when you've got forwards that are that defensively responsible, you've got a good decor, they they can go into shutdown mode where some of these other teams, they might try to, but they don't, they don't have it, right? Like Connor McDavid's an unbelievable player, but he's not going ever into shutdown mode. Neither is Dreisaitl. They're yeah. just going to keep pinning their ears back and going full speed, and sometimes that's going to burn you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not dry side, but they're they're good defensive players though. If you watch them in their zone, they are. It's just not in their DNA. They don't have that, you know, maybe it how much of that tutors cuz we haven't seen them deep enough in the playoffs yet to know. Right? I think, like, I think it's adjusting it's adjusting your game as well, right? If you look at if you look and I'll I'll use him as an example and people can tell me I suck for talking about him again, but use Sidney Crosby as an example, right? He's changed his game over the years at times where he probably could have a lot more points than he even does now. Oh, but yeah. he plays so hard defensively and he knows when he's gotta not necessarily look for the offense and just go into shutdown mode and and play that defensive role. And sometimes those young guys that are that talented have to make that adjustment and learn how to do that. Yeah. It's not the, it's not that they're a bad defensive player. It's just adapting your play style because how many times are you going to go into a tough series and not adapt your play style and lose before you realize, Hey, I know I'm not the problem, but I've got to set the tone and change what I'm doing because clearly this hasn't been working. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the Crosby example is perfect. I don't think anyone should talk shit about bringing up such a, an all-time great hockey player, first of all. I will pump Sid's tires for sure. But, I mean, guy who's been there, done that, and you've seen the evolution as the team changed, you know, there's still that core, right? You know, the big three, but there's a lot that's changed around, you know, throughout his career. But all the great ones do that. You they all – yeah, you take Gretzky out. I mean, that guy – Connor McDavid's probably the closest we're ever going to see to, you know, Gretzky again. But, like, he was 
an, another planet, that guy. But again, he won the cups. So you can't really argue too much about if you want to talk about defensive play. It certainly helps when you have a guy like Mark Messier on the team too. I, I don't I don't think that sucks to help defensive play and that kind of responsibility in the you know in this the second half of the uh the and game there playing in the defensive zone. one cups by himself. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So you know, I I'm telling you I I think it's a like you said, a big year to see what that's, you know, a lot of these teams are going to do that are in the caught in that mode, right. Where they have these superstars. Can they make that evolution to where they can play a little different in the big games, in the playoffs, third period, you're up two nothing. Can you shut it down like a Bergeron, like an O'Reilly, right? So it's an interesting storyline, very interesting point tutor to, to keep an eye on, on some of these teams. Um, I do want to stay, uh, you know, another game that we uh that's coming up tonight uh you know along the class of Sidney Crosby you know one that he's often compared with and Alex Ovechkin boy do the Capitals got a task ahead of them um what do you guys think of the series Florida Panthers versus Washington um I think this could probably be the 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 sweep that we're because you're gonna get at least one right I feel like I I think think it's gonna be I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, I think it's gonna I, be four one, honestly. I can see it. I think I picked, they'll take one. I'm gonna I'm gonna scroll back and see what I picked here. But I, I picked the Panthers, but it is tough because this is definitely the most lopsided and I put that in quotes matchup in the East. Just it is what it is. Um <clears throat> yeah, I took Panthers in five, but it's it's so hard to count out a guy like Ovi and let's not yeah. forget TJ Oshie, Nicholas Backstrom, like, mm-hmm. you know, those, those caliber of players that have won at every level they've played at and are unbelievable. It's, it's just, I, I don't know that they have enough to, to keep up with the way that the Panthers have been rolling and Ovi, Ovi being injured is tough. Yeah, Ovi Ovi getting kind of banged up there doesn't help. Uh, you know, I mean, it's he's a guy that can take over a game. He's that rare breed that if he wants to score a goal, he can just put his head down and do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's always tough to count him out. But yeah, I just I don't know if he's not a hundred percent and the way the Panthers have been rolling, I think this could be. Uh, this could be – we'll call it the gentleman's sweep in five games there. Okay, that's fair. Because for me, I, I agree with what you're saying for sure. It just comes down for me, Alex Ovechkin or not, that Tampa – or it's Tampa. That Florida Panthers team is absolutely loaded, you know, pretty much top to bottom. Is Vite Vanacek going to be the guy that is going to put in performances to stop that juggernaut that is the Florida Panthers? I don't think so. Sure, can you see them? You know where I see that they go up, you know, 2-0, 3-0, Washington sneaks one, and then they, you know, end it in five or something. Like, I, that's how I could see it going. But, again, this is the NHL playoffs. You're always in for surprises. And, you know, when there's a guy, Ovi, over there, fully healthy or not, I'm, think he's, I'm thinking maybe he's a bit healthier than – you know, we realize maybe I think it just at his age that that was just a precaution at the end of the year. Maybe I haven't really paid too much attention because quite honestly, I just don't think he's got this, you know, they haven't had a great year. They, 
they kind of were just like sliding in and just letting things happen around them where it's like they could have avoided playing the Panthers, but they just, they skidded at the end of the year as far as I recall. So yeah, I, I like the point though, too. It's tough, tough to count it out with that core, but I mean, the Panthers are just on, that's an unbelievable team. Yeah, no, it's, I don't know, man. I think, you know, and adding a guy like Claude Giroux, uh, as much as yeah, I, can't, as much as I can't stand the guy, um, <laughs> uh, you know, he's, he's a, he's a great hockey player and brings a lot to that team too. You know, you get, and then you get a guy like Ekblad back, you know, it's some, some part of this run. So I, yeah, I, I, there's too much, too much firepower there. Yeah. Former Sabre great Sam Reinhardt, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. If Good old Sam Reinhardt ripping the tandem bike with Eichel. I would rather see Sam Reinhardt succeed than a, a one Jack Eichel. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh man, I um, yeah, it's, it's hard to not root for that Panthers team. They're so they're so fun to watch. There's so many guy, likable guys on there. Obviously, Tudes has his issues with Claude Giroux. Um, yeah, he's not a likable guy, but they do have a lot of them on that team. Um, see, he's not um, likable just, to you because he was the captain of the Flyers. Let's be real here. If he was the captain of the Bo- even the Boston Bruins, yeah. But I will. Two of the guys that I would love to watch and see play at a high level here that I really pull for are Sam Reinhardt and Anthony Duclair. Um, yeah. Those are two guys that I think have really seen a resurrection to their career. Sam Bennett, especially you know Sam Bennett too. Yeah. Um, just I would hate to guys, line up against. So. Uh, I would hate to line up against Sam Bennett. He's a guy that'll just get right on. He can outskill you, and he can just punch you right in the yeah. mouth with that yeah. with that his game. So, yeah, bet you Calgary wishes they still had him a little bit. No, a guy like that in the playoffs. It's kind That's of surprising. A, he's a playoff machine for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's built for that time of year. So yeah, that, that's. But again, that's what's cool, dude. All these series, they have like interesting subtleties to them where it's just like one or two things. If they go this way, all of a sudden things look a lot different, you know, and especially I would say in these next two series that I want to hit last that are kicking off tonight, too. Um, like I said, because we're recording this on a Tuesday. So when you all hear this, we will be on to uh, game two and maybe our tones will be a little bit different. But um, I think it'll start with Colorado and Nashville. We touched on it a little bit. No UC Saros for at least game one and game two. But is this Colorado's cup to lose, boys? Is, is that that's 100% the consensus here in this show? Yeah. yeah. They, have, they have an easy path, I think, to get there, arguably. I think I do. I Well, because who do they play next? If, obviously, they got to get out of round one. Would it be Calgary? Um, I don't it, know how that it works. Depends, it depends on who wins. Uh, it's hard to like say it wouldn't like. Be we separated. need to go back to one through eight. I can't stand this wild card setup. I cannot stand trying to do the trigonometry to figure out who the hell's playing. No, so they would play. They would play either the Wild or the Blues. <sighs> well, this um, just got a little more interesting because I am bullish on the St. Louis Blues this year. So yeah. I mean, I think what is this series going to be a sweep? Could Nashville, be. Nashville, I said Colorado. five. I didn't pick any sweeps. I said yeah. Uh, I said I for sweeps. Five, but 
Just I mean, if I, they run into St. Louis. I think a team like the Preds could sneak one, but you're not going to beat them in a seven-game series. You're not going to beat the Abs in a seven-game series if you're, you know, the Preds without your number one goaltender. But yeah, it's yeah. I don't. Colorado is just, you know, they're one of those teams that you look at that roster and you you genuinely don't understand how they could lose. Yeah, you know, like, I. Personally, I mean, I put Western Conference Finals winners. Uh, it was good value. Uh, I put a bet on Calgary. I like Calgary this year. Um, I, think I don't hate it. I, I think the final is going to be Calgary and in um, Colorado. Oh, for sure. That's what I think as well. And I think that Calgary could give them a run for their money. Um, I think they yeah. could be real gritty by then. They already play that real gritty, uh, you know, playoff style. Game to them, um, I don't think it's going to be a real hard switch over. Uh, Goaltending is probably just going to end up being the, the I also, number one problem for them. I also think that Colorado kind of, you know, you look at some of the guys on that team. McKinnon has shown it, and Kadri with his playoff streak definitely has. They got some hotheads on that team. Mm-hmm. They got mm-hmm. some guys that when the, when the pressure turns up or when their emotions – you know, are running a little bit hot, they do stupid things. And, yeah. you know, if, if one of those, if, you know, one of the guys on that team snaps and, and misses some games, that's a huge blow, right? Um, yeah. You know, Kadri obviously has, you know, three years in a row in the playoffs been suspended. Yeah. Um, and then McKinnon hasn't had that happen necessarily, but – I mean, you he's see got that he's, a, he's a fiery guy, and I think yeah. the wires could cross with him because, you know, McKinnon to me is one of those players that has the skill and ability to be one of the world-class players. I mean, it's no see he trains with Crosby. They're good friends. Um, you know, he has the skill, the speed. But what separates a guy like McKinnon to a guy like a Crosby or a McDavid is that demeanor, right? Like those guys, you never see them emotional. Where McKinnon, you see him kind of cross that line. I got to stop you there. (laughs) I got to stop you there. You don't see Sidney Crosby emotional? You see him emotional. Are you joking me? But he he controls it better. (laughs) Well, now he does. He's had some snapshot moments for sure. Yeah. Right around the same time McKinnon. He, he has Tudor. I, do we want to do a deep dive on this little we homework could. on the podcast? We could. He's had some moments where he gets absolutely lost. I think it's not a dig at either of the guys, though, right? Like, Yeah, no. It's, you have the it's weight just... of the world on you as a guy for your team like that. It, shit happens. It's an intense game, right? I'm not picking on either yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. No, it, it is an it is an intense game, but that's I guess what I'm saying is you maybe McKinnon hasn't learned that fully yet. Yeah, and he, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that in the playoffs, that that's a bigger risk, right? Yeah. Even when he even when he snapped and got into a fight in the regular season, it's like part of you is like, okay, like you know, I love that my superstar st- sticking up for his teammates. But then the other part of it is, what if he snaps and gets into a fight in the playoffs and breaks his hand? Yeah. Yeah, I remember you, know, you bringing that up a few shows ago. A uh, uh, coach there, Bednar, mentioned that, I believe, yeah. after the game. So, 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely. You want walk that line for both of those guys, specifically McKinnon and Kadri. Walk the line, you don't want to cross it, but you know, especially Kadri, because like you know, to Derek's point a little bit, you get a matchup of Colorado Calgary. Who's answering the bell for Milan Lucic if Kadri gets himself sussied? Like you can't, you got to have Kadri out there to kind of work to offset the that level that Lucic brings. Mm-hmm. But yeah, keep me the fuck away from Milan Lucic in the playoffs. So that guy is an absolute animal. Yeah, he can have my lunch money. I'm not yeah. going to try to fight him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, he is. I good again. Boston Bruins, most yeah, of the player, right? But like, good, good for Milan Lucic. The career that guy's put together. You gotta tip your cap to him. Uh, you know, to, to play the way that he plays for as long as he has. That's very impressive. And to be actually a decent player on top of that, right? Yeah. Like, you know, he yeah. plays on that edge, and he's definitely done some controversial things over the years. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, he also could put the puck in the net, especially, you know, in the earlier part of his career in his prime. That's something yeah. you don't see a lot. Guy like, keeps getting a job. He's doing something, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, man. That brings me to a quick thing before we touch on Calgary-Dallas officially to wrap it up here. Is has, In our lifetime, has there been a better – who were among the best one-two punch villains on NHL teams? Because you got to think Lucic and Marchand together on the Bruins are up there. Yeah. Um, That's a food for thought. Maybe next episode, a little homework. Those of you listening, maybe comment, maybe DM us, fire something towards us. Let us know some of your favorites, but that just for some, you know, we talked about Marchand, obviously not really being involved when we touched on the Boston series and, you know, Lucic still doing his thing. You just remember when they played together and they made their cup run with the Bruins. I mean, that's that kind of stuff is big. So, um, you know, pissing the other team off, getting them unfocused. Um, and again, like one last thing for me on that Cal- uh, Colorado, if they match up against Calgary, like I think we're kind of all expecting on some level in the West. You, you better believe Lucic is going to be trying to do that to guys like McKinnon, guys like Ranton and, you know, so it's going to be under their skin, basically. Yeah, get them unfocused. You know, you know that the conversation in the locker room going into a series against certain guys in the league is he's a little bit of a snap show. Just be a pain in his ass, be a thorn in his side, and he will do something stupid, right? Yeah. There's plenty of guys in the league that, you know, that's going to be the scouting report on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't let Marshawn get to you. Don't let Marshawn get to you. Coach, you just it, fucking licked me. And to Derek, yeah, I mean, to Derek's point, too. I mean, obviously, Marshawn's like, you know, he's an unbelievable <laughs> goal scorer, too. But, like, Lucic, like, he's so good at that stuff that, you know, he, they're going to keep paying him or he's going to still get jobs because you can use a guy like that on your team. He can make an impact even if he's not on the statue. And it's this time of the year is why you're paying him. Yeah, I don't give a yeah, shit what he does for the first that, 82 yeah. games of the season. I care what he's going to do in the postseason. Yeah, yeah. You, pay, you pay him in hopes that you get to this point so that you can have a guy like that on your team because you don't want to play a guy like that. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's like even even Revo is the same way. I mean, I'm not looking forward to going up against Revo, you know, the Penguins no. having to play against him in the first round because he's, he's another one of those guys that mm-hmm. – yeah, he's, yeah. He's, that game started right. Is he has he thrown any hits lately? Just started. No, they're two minutes in. Okay, cool. 
Um, but yeah, so um, real quick before we get out of here and enjoy these uh, next set of these game ones here, Calgary, Dallas, what do we think on this last one here, boys? I mean, we've been touching on, you know, how good Calgary is. I mean, Dallas, they're a one-line team for the most part, right? Ottinger can get hot. They got a yeah. good defensive core, but, I mean, I don't think the depth up front's there. Yeah, Dallas can probably start making their tee times for next week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is what it is what it is. I mean, no disrespect to you guys, Sagan, Ben, you know, great players. If you if you guys want to tee it up, you know, I'd be happy to. But um I think I think it's getting to that point for them. Yeah, definitely. Um I think the you know, again, I think the just Calgary's better in every facet. You know, Dallas has some guys, they've been in some big playoff games though. So I, you know, keep an eye on that. I will say one guy that I'm actually looking forward to seeing in that series because I like him is uh, Robertson. He's a oh, fun, yeah. he's yeah. a fun young player to watch. Yeah. He really is. Doesn't get the credit he should. No, just it's a tough market, you know. Yeah, where he's a little tough market, and you know when you're not Mike Madonna at exactly, you know, it's kind of tough to do things over there. But hey, I mean, I think it's I, honestly though if. If Ottinger gets hot, you know, Heiskin and Klingberg, if they're rolling, you know, and again, they, like I said, they've got players that have been there, done that. And I, I wonder a team that's got, you know, Daryl Sutter is the coach. He's got that old school, like, like he, I, he sees, he strikes me as the kind of guy that can wear down a team over 82 games especially this newer generation. So I don't, maybe you see a little fatigue. Maybe that series goes a little bit longer than you would expect based on the lines and stuff that Vegas has out there, but just something to think about that crossed my mind, you know, a little bit. Cause I mean, Calgary again, too, a lot of depth in that lineup. So, uh, but yeah, I think they're going to do it. I'll, they'll pull it off. Maybe it'll be more of a struggle, but just give me that Calgary Colorado matchup in, in the future rounds here. That's, that's what I think what we're all here for. Absolutely. But uh, I think for the next, until it happens, to end each episode, I think we should go around, we'll see how foolish we look at the end of the playoff season. Each week, updated. I don't know if, Derek, you want to keep track of this? Okay. We can keep track. Each, yeah, we're going to keep a tally sheet each week or with, like, the episode number, and we're going to each pick, you know, as of today, sitting here recording, who we think is going to win the cup. We'll see, like, how much we change, who's right, who's wrong. I just think it might be kind of interesting. So I'm going to take the first leap because it was my idea. Fuck you guys. I'm going St. Louis Blues Cup champions. They impressed the shit. Yep. Bold as shit, but that's that's what I do on the show. Real bold. They impressed the hell out of me uh, last night. So, again, they're going to have to go through Colorado or Calgary, right? But. I, they, there's just something about that team, man. And having, having a guy who's been there and done it and Jordan Bennington as the backup one B, whatever you want to call him for this run, that's huge. So I'm going to start with the blues, probably going to change next week, but that's where we're at today. What do you got Tudes? Pants. Didn't think I had to ask him, but yeah, that's it. Derek, what do you think? Um, Gonna go with the Florida Panthers. All right, so we got Penn's Panthers in the Blues for the week one of the playoffs. Here, this is gonna be. I want to see how this progresses. See how it coincides with all the chaos. I know we're gonna see at some point. So, all right, boys, 
let's hit it. Let's enjoy some playoff hockey. Like I said, it's the best time of the year to be a hockey fan. So, Tudes, good luck to the Pens. I'm subtly pulling for him. I want to see one more kick at the can with, you know, such a great tandem of Crosby, Latang, and, and Malkin. So, hopefully they can get it done tonight. Um, everyone with Betson, good luck to you. Thanks for joining us, everybody. It's been a good episode 59 of Just Dishing It. We'll be back next week for number 60. See you later.